We dedicate this episode of Pop to the one, the only Chuck Berry. Even if you never knew Chuck Berry's name, you damn sure knew his guitar licks. You owe him, we all do. Thank you, sir. Anytime I beat on my guitar, you will show up. Jumping little record, I want my jockey to play. Roll over Beethoven, I gotta hear it again today. Episode 3 A Pop. We talk power pop, what's poppin', and listener feedback. And welcome back to Pop. I'm Ken Mills, one of your hosts here today, and I'm joined by the lovely, the talented, the ever-wonderful, Courtney Cronin-Dold. Hello, poppers. <laughs> Glad to have you back, and Courtney, it's good to hear your lovely voice. You are right now recovering from yes. some of the gunk that we all face this time of year. Yes, and this is not really a lovely voice. Right. Uh, <laughs> not right now. But anytime I get to hear your golden tones and your delightful comedy, it is music to my ears. Well, thank you, Ken. And speaking of music to my ears, today's episode of Pop, we're going to be discussing Power Pop, something that Yay. Courtney and I hold very dear, right, Courtney? We sure do. And we are not experts at all, but we'll, we'll get into that. So we're going to talk about Power Pop, and we're going to be dumping into our Pop Mailbag which is going to be exciting. Oh, we haven't done that yet. I'm excited for that. No, this is the first time. Are you ready to check out what folks are saying about Pop, a pop culture podcast? I would love to know what people are saying. Only if it's good, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Courtney, here's our first review. Are you ready for this one? Yes. It's a five-star review from iTunes, and it's entitled Snap Crackling Pop by Rocket Dog 2000. It's a five-star review. It doesn't get any better than that, right? The Podfather does it again after discovering the wonderful world of audio delights from Ken Mills via the other podcasts such as Zilch, a monkey's podcast, Cheap Talk with Trick Chat, and Podkiss. Now I've got another winner to add to the must-listen fold. Along with co-host Courtney Cronendold, that would be you, the two are off to an excellent start discussing all things in pop culture with a great rapport talking about both nostalgia as well as what's hot right now. The first two episodes have more than whet my appetite and it left me hungry to see what the next topic of conversation will be. Be sure to listen to Pop, a pop culture podcast yourself. You'll be glad you did. So thank you. Thank you, Rocket Dog 2000. That was, that was pretty cool, huh? Yeah, that's very nice. We Did have, my mother write that? I don't know. Did, <laughs> if, if so, she thinks we have good rapport and good topics, which uh, we're trying to get the uh, trending popics. Instead of topics, it'll just be popics. We're going to try to try to get that to happen. Yeah, we're Christine's try to, good at that. She's good at finding the little coin in the phrases. Yeah, Christine's trying like hell to make that a thing. So <laughs> <laughs> We're going to make it a thing for her. She Absolutely. And we have one from Canada. 
from oh. our from our friends up north. A gentleman by the name of Saikun. And it's another five star rating. And it says the Podfather strikes another home run with another great show. Sit back and enjoy. Thank you, Saikun. That's very cool. And we have one final one. It's uh, from Marcos Masari. And he writes, I wanted to drop a line and mention that I really dig your work at Podcast, and I figured I'd throw out these suggestions away for pop. Ready for these suggestions, Courtney? Yes. Ninja flicks were all the rage back in the 80s. American Ninja, Pray for Death, The Octagon, etc. So what about coverage on some of these celluloid endeavors? Also, superhero movies are, slash were, all the rage right now. But what about the movies that were made before superheroes were cool? And he cites Dolph Lundgren's The Punisher. The oh. Orig- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything with Dolph Lundgren is going to be a fun conversation. <laughs> yeah, and you get to see his butt on cold concrete that's uh and now for an episode of actors with square jaws first up <laughs> Dolph Lundgren followed by Sam Jones that actually could be a popic <laughs> see I used the I used the the, the thing popic the original and first three Captain America flicks, Swamp Thing, etc. Really enjoyed your look at The Walking Dead and would love to get your thoughts on the original Dark Shadows TV show and their two TV film companions. Best, Marcos from New Jersey. I really want to talk about Dark Shadows because apparently I'm the only person on Earth who loved that movie. Mm-hmm. And I only saw the television show after I'd seen the movie because I wasn't familiar with it because it went off the air before I was born. And I don't, I don't really ever remember it's being in reruns but when the movie came out i loved it so much i thought it was so funny and i thought it was directed well and it was cool to look at and the all the jokes of him waking up after 800 years or whatever it was were they were all funny Uh and it never got old to me and it introduced me to the actress who played the witch ava green Mm. who's the star of penny dreadful yeah and she's amazing. I watch if she's in it, I'll watch it. Even that stupid, weird movie about the dead kids in Ireland or whatever on the island or something. I watched that on an airplane. It was pretty awful. That was Penny Dreadful. Um, that was very Penny Dreadful, but not to be confused. Dreadful. But she with the is TV fantastic, show. and she's so in. She's very, really beautiful, but she's like, she's like she's eerily beautiful. She's got that sort of. Probably because of the roles she plays. I'm sure maybe in real life she's like this funny, fun person. Yeah. But she plays all these like dark, eerie women Mm -hmm. and she does it very well. Well, I'm sure she's not walking around Sparkle Market. (laughs) It's very good. I'm I'm surprised people didn't give it more of a chance. Well, I I think think we're going to want to compare things so much to the original that they lose sight of something new and interesting, like what happened with Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. Everybody lost their minds. I watched Ghostbusters and I laughed so hard. Well, first of all, anything Kate McKinnon says is funny. Anything she does or says is funny and brilliant. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you can't just look at something with a fresh, you know, with a clear mind, a clear head. Right. And look at it for what it is, for what it is. You and, know, you and instead of what it isn't. Of, instead of what it isn't. Exactly. Yeah. Well, give you Dark know, Shadows a chance, people. I'm just telling you, give it a chance. And Alice Cooper is in it, Ken. I Alice know. Alice Cooper is in it for a while. I know. I know. Dark Shadows is going to have to be its own topic, right? I loved it, yes. So that's going to have to be, seriously, an entire episode. Along with Ghostbusters, which would be another entire episode. And mm-hmm. so on and so forth. So we'll get back to those 
at a later date, as they say. More on that later, right? So, <laughs> you know, it's interesting. As we are sitting here in pop culture, there's some interesting things going on. Sometimes the interesting things are good, and sometimes they're bad, and sometimes they're just weird. I'm not sure where to... I'm, I'm going to chalk this one up in the weird category, okay? Yeah. A theater in Alabama is refusing to show Beauty and the Beast because of <gasps> a gay character in 2017. Can you imagine that happening? Oh, God. God's sake already. Now, there's, there's a bunch of things. I, th- this has to be for publicity all the way around, right? Because I'm going, I'm going to read you this little bit here. A classic drive-in theater in northeast Alabama said it was canceling plans to show Disney's new Beauty and the Beast film about a girl who falls in love with an animal because the film has a homosexual character in it. So let's take a few things. A classic drive-in theater. I mean, they're only open, what, three months a year in Alabama, I would imagine? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm just surprised that there is a classic drive-in theater, and I, I love I love the old drive-ins. But I just I can't. used to love them too when I was a kid because we could go to the movies in our pajamas. Absolutely. My parents used to put us in our onesies, pajamas. You know, with the what are they called? Well, my mother used to call them sleepers. Right. Put on your sleepers. We're going to the drive-in. So sleepers, like sleepers. That's it was, what she called them. It was like, like slippers, you know, but sleepers. Yeah, sleepers. Oh, I'm going to start using that. I'm in my sleeper. Mm-hmm. I'm in my sleeper over here. I'm going to start doing sleepers. that. Your mom's going to... grease the drive-in, and it was the best night of my life. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. It was amazing. I want your mother to like me. I want your mother to like me a lot, so I'm oh, not going to... she will like you. Okay, good. I, but <laughs> she's not going to get mad at me for co-opting her phrase, sleeper? No. <laughs> so... Yeah, we love the classic drive-in theaters, and but I just can't imagine that they're open enough. I, I think this is probably publicity for them, right? So if they can get a few more people to come in and say, well, we're glad you're not showing that evil movie. And when you think about it, it's going to amount to a great big bash of nothing. It's not like there's going to be like a big make-out scene in, in a Disney movie. But what it is, and it's pretty much the same thing that was in the... The, the, the cartoon version of Beauty and the Beast. It had right, a, so it's something that's going to go over the kids' heads, is what you're yeah. saying. And it, in, in, the, in the cartoon, there was the Gaston, right? Wasn't that his name? Yeah. Gaston had this little crony that would follow him around and uh, think he, he kind of thought he was the greatest thing on the planet Earth. So I, in my thinking... I'm thinking that this LeFou character has like a man crush. He kind of like either wants to be him or maybe wants to smooch with him, whatever. But just the fact that this is one of those Tempest in a teapot. Notice I use teapot because we're talking about, you know, Beauty and the Beast, the teacup, right? But it's just much ado about nothing, right? Yeah. It's kind of sad. It is sad. It's just people love to have something to complain about. And then, you know, you know where the root of it's coming from people afraid they're not going to go to heaven if they're okay with something that they think God's not okay with. Mm-hmm. And they think if they're not okay with it, then they'll go to heaven too. Right. Guess well, what, everybody? Got a little something to tell you. It's just all fear-based and it's sad and I feel bad for those people. I feel very sorry for them. Yeah. They can't live their life the way they want to and uh, they're all afraid and it's really a shame. Really, it, it, it kind of sums it up that if you're afraid of a guy having a crush on another guy, but you're taking your kid to see a movie where the lead female character is in love with an animal, yeah, you might have bigger problems 
than you realize. Right. These so. are the these are the same people that watch Ellen and love her and don't care. Mm-hmm. It's just something to make a stink about. Or maybe they don't watch Ellen. Maybe they're like hardcore hardcore haters. I don't know. But let's let's take a look at it like this. It's also a remake, right? In a yeah. sense. I mean, it's it's the live action version and Right, right. It seems like any time that there's a remake, there has to be that big argument, that reason that I can't like this thing because you're you're ruining this thing that I love. It's like for example, Starskin Hutch. Now, I love Starskin Hutch when I was growing up. Yeah. I can barely watch it now. Because the the show or the or the remake with um, Ben Stiller. Well, first first off, the TV show itself, it's just so slow. It's slow. It's so slow. A lot of TV in the the seventies. It was like, come on, Jim, let's go put a tracking device on that other car. Quick, call Tony. And then they would show the guy dialing the phone to call Tony. <laughs> and it's like. What happened to exposition? You know, we live in a world now where in CSI they go get a tracker on that guy, and no, but they don't even have to show it. We just know that they did it, and now we've got a new a new chips on the horizon. They're remaking I know. chips. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, it, it might be. You know, but they're get, all satires. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's, it's it, they're all com. They're done as comedies, right? And like Starsky and Hutch was. It was, it was a lampoon almost. Totally. Yeah. It was hilarious. But see, I actually wanted someone to remake Starsky and Hutch. If they're going to do it, do it, right? Yeah, maybe. Like, see, I'm thinking Chips could be a TV show right now. It could. It there's could. there's no reason that that can't be a show on CBS or whatever. Well, it'd be hard to do those long car chases with motorcycles in Los Angeles now because in L.A. traffic, you're only going 20 miles an hour. Yeah. So they'd catch them awfully quickly. So then it would look be very for very anticlimactic. Yeah, look for that scene in the new Chips uh, remake <laughs> movie that's coming out. You know it's going to happen. Oh yeah, they're going to have the stuck in traffic scene. It'll be very fun. Yeah, they'll like, okay, let's go, let's get them, and then they just sit there idling, right. having a conversation. Don't say anything. I'm not, dude. I'm not. So Courtney, before we hop into the main topic here today, you recently did a guest on a very cool podcast. Would you like to tell us all about it? Oh, sure. My friend Aaron Foley and Trish Sir do a podcast called Sports Without Balls. And it's women talking about women in sports and our take on sports. And um, they're both very, very funny comedians and very successful comedians. And it's a really fun show. And they're both good friends of mine. In fact, I introduced them. And now Trish is uh, the uh, co-host of the show with Aaron. When it's time to talk about the NBA, they have me back on and we talk about the NBA. It's very fun. Because you have an addiction to the NBA. Who's your favorite team? Well, the Clippers and the Celtics, but the, I go to more Clipper games because I live here. Mm. Well, there you go. So check it out. We will have the link in the show notes so you can hear our own lovely Courtney Cronin doled on sports without balls. It's the only kind, right? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> And over at Hiram's Lodge, a Riverdale podcast, they they mentioned us. They they gave a shout out to us, and they uh, listened, and they said howdy, and uh, they uh, thanked us for mentioning their show. So, hi guys, it's kind Thanks, of thanks guys. Yeah, it's very cool. I'm still digging Riverdale, aren't you? I have to catch up. I'm two episodes behind. <gasps> you won't believe what happened, but that's enough out of me about that. Oh that's no! Enough out okay. of me about that. 
And Chris Karam writes in and says that I was wrong about something, and I have to confess I, I messed up. On a previous episode, I talked about Frank Oz, who did the voice of Miss Piggy and was also a director. We were talking about Steve Martin mentioning that Frank Oz was a director, and then we were talking about his voice and how he has that part in the Blues Brothers, and I mistakenly said that Frank Oz was the director of the Blues Brothers, but we all know that that's not true. It was indeed the incredibly talented John Landis, and I am a huge John Landis fan. My tongue disengaged from my brain, so I apologize. And anyone that's too offended about it, see his film, See You Next Tuesday. So, <laughs> so today on Pop, we're going to be talking about music. Some days on Pop, we're going to talk about TV shows or movies, classic, current, whatever. Whatever's going on in the world of Pop. And one of the things we like to talk about is music. We are huge music fans here, both Courtney and myself. And one of the loves of music that we have in common is something called power pop. Uh, why do you love power pop so much? Well, I didn't realize I did love power pop. But mm-hmm. my sister used to say to me, God, how come every song you like, especially with women singers, goes like this? Uh oh! <laughs> she used to always say that to me. She used to make fun of my music and go, Oh, are you listening to uh oh? <laughs> so. Finally, when it was defined, I explained to her, I'm like, oh, it's power. That's what I like. Because all the bands I seem to like, you know, Kiss excluded and Gabe Dixon band excluded. He's not really power pop, but are all power pop. Mm-hmm. So because my two favorite bands are um, Crowded House and Squeeze. And I still don't really feel like Crowded House really fits the bill. Mm-hmm. But Ken Sharp seems to think so. And I'm going to defer to him because he's a genius and whatever he says is probably correct. Mm-hmm. So he featured Crowded House in his new, he's got a series of power pop books Yes. that are out and um, Crowded House is featured in it. Mm-hmm. And I just never really thought of them as that, but I guess they are. Well, here's the thing about power pop. Some might even argue that it's not really a thing as right. much as it is right. because it's not so much a genre as it is a sound or right. a feeling even that you get from it. To me, power pop has always been the nerdy, cool guy who wasn't quite on the football team. He was probably more in art class, right? Right. And when when you check out where power pop came from, there are so many different stories. And as far as I'm aware... It was Pete Townsend of the English rock band The Who that coined the term power pop in 1967 in an interview when he said power pop is what we play. So, you know, when you think about how the Beatles were like the all-around good guys and the Stones were like the bad cousins, the, 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 the Who was just the weirdos, right? They had that weird edge to them where they would do something like Happy Jack, you know? And a lot of their love songs, there was always a bit of a smart-ass tone to them, right? Yeah, kind of. And it kind of led its way to eventually become punk in, in, a, in a weird, strange way. Now, keep in mind, though we are pop culturalists, we are by no means experts. And what we're doing today is we're trying to introduce people to power pop and just kind of 
discuss our thoughts on it because eventually we want to do a couple other shows about power pop and i want to have people like marty ross who marty ross yeah marty ross of the wigs and so many other cool things and uh there's a gentleman that runs a podcast you like quite a bit would you like to tell folks about that yes rick boucher's uh rick's records and he oh my god i love rick's records i listen to it every week and he does a mix of songs um, that are apparently from his record collection. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's introduced me to a bunch of different bands and artists that I've, I've never heard of, but it's a sound that I'm drawn to. Mm. And he also plays uh, bands that I love. He plays Squeeze. He plays Enough's Enough. He plays Cheap Trick. He plays Crowded House. He plays Split Ends, um, which are bands that I love and listen mm. to a lot. So... And he played um, songs from bands that I never knew, like deep cuts from albums that I do, that I don't own, like a band called Fastball, which had like a song on the radio um, that was pretty popular. A band I never really thought about again, but he played something from their album, and I thought, wow, this is a pretty terrific song. And that's what I like about music, is um, which is what I love about Spotify, mm-hmm. is I get to dig deep into these albums that I don't own, you know, with songs. You know, maybe there's one song on the album that was popular, because that's one thing that people do on Spotify that I feel is very lazy. They make these mixes and they they name them power pop, right? Like obviously we'll use power pop as an example. Then you go to their mix and it's every hit song from these bands. <laughs> but we're over that. We've heard those songs. We've heard them yeah. a million times. We get it. Mm-hmm. What Ken and I want to talk about today are the not hit songs that are great songs that you might not know because you're constantly being blinded by these mixes that people make that are all hits. And that's what Rick's Records does. We want to encourage you to check out Rick Boucher's podcast, Rick's Records Podcast. So check that out. Now, what we're doing today is not necessarily going to define power pop because, honestly, I'm not sure that we can do that. I'm not sure no. anyone's been able to do that. For example, no. <laughs> there's no Grammy category for power pop. There is not. There's and no there's... Grammy category for best power pop vocalist or so on and so forth. So it, it's kind of more a sound than a genre. So what is power pop to you? To me, it has to be catchy. And there's plenty of arguments about this in the I Love Power Pop Facebook group that we're both in, which is mm-hmm. where I discovered Rick's Records. Mm-hmm. I feel like people try to define it, and, and you really can't. You really can't put your finger on it and say it's exactly this because there's constantly arguments over what it is and what it isn't in there and where it originated and, and who started it and who made the first power pop sound, who made that first twang, mm-hmm. who you know, first introduced it. And for me personally, the music that I like, I feel a lot of its roots are from Buddy Holly. Mm-hmm. And certainly that's evident with Marshall Crenshaw for a myriad of reasons, for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of that sound, because to me, that sound first came from him. And if he was still alive today and still making music, I think the argument would be very different because a lot of people swear that the first power pop band was were the Raspberries. Mm-hmm. Or that it was The Who. Or it was this woman, the very first power song was the song When You Walk in the Room. And a few people told me I was an idiot for saying Buddy Holly, but then there were a hundred other people who agreed. So the, I'm going to stick with that. <laughs> well, if there was a with, uh, Mount Rushmore of rock and roll, right? If there was a Mount yeah. Rushmore of rock and roll, and you would have your Elvis and your Little Richard and your Chuck Berry and your Buddy Holly and so on and so forth... If you were to trace Power Pop back to one of those originators, it would have to be Buddy Holly. Yeah. Flat out, plain and simple. 
And the reason for that is Buddy Holly, sure, the Beatles loved Elvis, right? But they loved Buddy Holly more because he was a songwriter. Right. And, and Buddy Holly took the, 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 the bits of, of things and he added that bit of country twang to the rhythm and blues kind of thing. And over top of that, you had these poppy, happy songs. Yes. So I can definitely see where you can trace it back to Buddy Holly. You know, those are the roots. He's the forebearer of power pop, if you will. I think so. And and he died so young. People forget that. He was, I think he was 23 mm-hmm. when he died in the plane crash with Richie Valens and yeah. the Big Bopper. Everyone knows that story. It's in the movie La Bamba. And um, <clears throat> I think Richie Valens was even younger. Yeah. But what an impact he made on music. At only 23 years old, his music is still covered today. His songs are timeless. If you listen to his versions and you listen on Spotify, they have all these cool demos and live tracks. And I would recommend you listen to those. Look up Buddy Holly on Spotify. Mm-hmm. There's some really cool stuff on there now that has just been released. And Buddy's widow. Maria Elena. Thank you. When I worked at the Wayne Brady show, part of my job was doing lyric changes with Wayne. We would write parody songs a lot. And there was a book of songs that we could choose from to get clearance. And that was a difficult part of our job, was getting the clearance, because it was expensive, some of the mm-hmm. songs. Right. And so we'd have to get Wayne's approval on the song he'd want to do. And then once we got that, we'd go to our clearance department, it was this woman. She would get the clearance for us, and she was in the music business. She was a tough cookie. So she would come back and tell us when we couldn't use things and stuff. Mm -hmm. But eventually, she warmed up to myself and Ethan uh, Berlin, the other writer, and we had a good relationship with her. She brought Buddy's Widow to the show. She came to the show. Wow. And Yes. And watched what we were doing uh, because they were friends. And at the end of the day, she said, you can use any of Buddy's songs in his catalog. You have my permission because she owns the rights. Wow. How cool is that? Very, very cool. But the... They didn't want to use any of them. I pitched a Buddy Holly song like every week. (laughs) (laughs) They were afraid the audience wouldn't know the songs. I'm like, they're not going to know that'll be the day? It's weird. It's weird. Yes. But, you know, we talked about how there's no Grammy category for power pop. It's also hard to find an official band that is strictly power pop because, you know, if people will mention Badfinger, the Raspberries, or even Cheap Trick, and the bottom line, when it comes down to it, that's just a portion of what they do, not the whole thing, right? Right. It is just a portion. Like, there are songs by Cheap Trick that are pretty hard rock Mm -hmm. and, and rock, and then people swear up and down that Surrender is this ultimate power pop song. Um... To me, Surrender is a rock and roll song. You think so? Yeah. Mm-hmm. For me, like Power Pop, Cheap Trick would be like, oh, candy. Okay. Uh, I mean, I guess it is. I guess it is. But every mix I see online of Power Pop, it's always got Surrender, and I want you to want me. And I'm going. And I'm wondering, are you putting those in here because you think they're the most Power Poppy Cheap Trick songs, or are they the only Cheap Trick songs you know? Yeah, like I saw, I was reading something today, and it said uh, in in the top, like, 25 power pop songs it had, I Want You to Want Me. Right. And to me, that's more a rock pop song than it is a power pop song. Right. But a lot of people like to point back to Big Star, which is another band 
that had a lot of that jangly guitar kind of British sound, even though they were American and, you know, had that jingle jangle kind of thing, which I love to pieces. Yes. And, uh, but they've kind of had a more credit given to them in the last 10 years than they have ever, you know, had in their entire career. The people have really kind of learned about them and there was a documentary that came about them. So, but when we talk about power pop, there are artists that we're going to play today and I haven't seen your list, but we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Today, you and I, we have a list of 10 songs each. Yeah. And out of those 10 songs, these are our favorite, what we consider power pop songs today. So that you can kind of get an idea of what power pop is, to us at least. And like you mentioned Ken Sharp's excellent books, you should check them out. He does a series of books about power pop. Ken Sharp, just a really cool guy. And he recently put an album out as well. So He did. I've been listening to some of his live. Well, you know he opened for David Cassidy that night yeah. with the big David Cassidy incident. Yeah. He was the opening act. But I'm actually going to go see him. He's opening for the babies who he's friendly with. And each time I've spoken with Ken, we've only talked about the babies because we're both big babies fans. Mm -hmm. And he's, he's a very nice guy. Um, brilliant guy. So I'm going to go see him um, open for the babies. That's going to be an amazing show. It's going to be amazing. But I don't okay. consider the babies power pop. They're more hard rock to me. There's a couple songs that are power poppy. Yeah, but see, that's what we're talking about. You know, yeah. You, so Courtney, you have your list of 10 power pop songs that you're digging today, and I have my list of 10 power pop songs that I'm digging today, because this could change tomorrow, right? If they came back yeah. and said, give us another list, it might be 10 completely different <laughs> songs. So Courtney, what is your pick at number 10 on Courtney's Power Pop? Number 10 is Fountains of Wayne, Cold Comfort Flowers. Oh, I step outside to step out slow In vain trying to find a hole they can outgrow They have all been time Wine, find me on the vine Climbing toward the spots in the sun My welcome fade They ferry all the way But cold comfort flowers Probably my favorite Fountains of Wayne song. What is it you love about this track? What made you pick it? Chorus, the melody. To me, power pop is something I want to turn up really loud in my car and sing along to and dance. Mm -hmm. If it's a song that makes me want to get up and dance, that's power pop to me. It's, it's got to have a catchy melody too. Something that gives you that warm feeling inside. I like cold comfort flowers. It's not Jesse's girl. It's not what I like about you. But it is, to me, Fountains of Wayne are considered power pop. And that, to me, is a great power pop song. Very good. It's a good choice. At number 10 for me is Sick of Myself by Matthew Sweet. Great song. And to me, this is one of those songs you don't have to be a talented person to play on guitar, right? Like, mm -mm. if you know just a few chords, you can knock this one out. But good God Almighty, it is uh, such a great song. And uh, you want to drive fast when you hear this too, mm -hmm. don't you? <laughs> and it's it's got that thing that a lot of power pop songs have where there's, 
a bit of angst to it, right? And yeah. uh, a, a smart aleck sense of humor, along with the thin leg jeans, right? So it's it's all there. The jangly guitars and the it just slams, like you said, the the slamming thing from your number ten pick. So here's a bit of sick of myself. Sick of Myself by Matthew Sweet. And now let's do your number nine. Number nine is a song called Girl of a Hundred Lists by the Go-Go's. Girl of a Hundred List. Yes, but they're not considered, they're sometimes considered power pop, sometimes not. Mm-hmm. But to me, Girl of Hundred Lists, that's a very power poppy song. And it's a great song. It's probably my favorite Go-Go song. It's on the Vacation album. Yeah, great album. <laughs> Thank you. 
they had a lot of great energy and it's hard to be a child of the 80s which i really don't consider myself one but how can you not love the go-go's right uh -huh. whether it's vacation or our lips are sealed what a brilliant track our mm -hmm. lips are sealed is just absolutely amazing yeah that's a perfect song that's a really good track my number nine is urge overkill with sister havana don't know that song oh my god you don't know that song i don't oh. write it down right now so sad so sad about that Sorry. that's okay so you don't dig that one not for me aha uh -huh. well there we go so a split panel on this one. Oh, oh boy yeah. <laughs> so number eight for courtney what do we got on your power pop list first of, of all i have like 30 songs on here i know it there was no way you could just do 10 but it's like almost impossible yeah but we'll go number eight a song called Day by Day by Enough's Enough. Ah. It was an album they did of songs that they didn't release in the 80s, and then they released them like five, six years later. Mm -hmm. I think the album's called 1985. I'm sure. To check. Well, let's, remember. let's check a bit of that out. It's not the way you lounge around in t-shirts It's not the way
Yeah, Day by Day is a great chorus, very catchy. And it is called 1985, I was correct. I forget which songs are on which albums, but it came out in 1994, mm-hmm. or in the 90s. So, so the album's 1985 by Enough is Enough, which came out in 1994, and we're talking about it in 2017. Right. So there you go. That's how that goes. Uh, <laughs> well, my number eight song is one that you know. If you listen to radio in the 80s, and it's probably still on the oldies channels now, but I think this song is just brilliant. It's called The Breakup Song, They Don't Write Them oh. Like That Anymore, by Greg Kinn from 1981. Let's check out that. fantastic i love it it's got that full energy it doesn't let up it's it's kind of relentless it just keeps going and this is a was a hard song to track down for a while when we got into like the digital age for a while it, it was really? released for a while believe it or not it wow, was, that was a huge song well it's one of those things where like the the original batch of compact disc are gone right yeah and then you run into that horrible thing if you're a music collector where an artist instead of like going to the record company and putting it out again or waiting for greatest hits to come out it was one of those re-record kind of jobs yeah and it was like "Ah, that's not the song and so (laughs) it took a while to track it down but i'm glad i did and then now it's out there uh just in in the open so it's it's good but uh, what do you think of the breakup song? Love that song. That's a great song. As a matter of fact, it was Steve Wright, uh, who was the bass player for Great Kin, that just passed away this, this year. Ah, that's sad to hear. Sad to hear. So let's go on to your next pick, number seven. What do you got for us? Oh, I have so many. Uh, let's go with the, this is kind of a classic. Let's go with Girls Talk, Dave Edmonds. Oh, great stuff. Well, written great by stuff. Elvis, but yeah. amazing. So, so you would rather go with the Dave Edmonds version than the Elvis yeah. Costello version? Way more poppy. Ah, okay. Way more jangly. Jangly. Well, let's check that out then.
here's a little bit of Dave Edmonds. Now, what is it that you like about that song? Oh, it's just a classic pop song. It's just catchy and it's fu- it's funny. It's uh, it's a little tongue in cheek and mm-hmm. it's a fun song. When he sang it on um, later with Jules at the anniversary show, mm-hmm. and they panned to the audience, Annie Lennox and Chris Difford are in the audience, like fully rocking out to it. It's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Dave Edmonds, uh, him and Nick Lowe. They did a tremendous amount of great power pop and, and uh, rock, rock and roll. Just fantastic stuff, right? I said the rock pile, but I know it's rock pile. Right. I just like to say the rock pile. It's like yeah. the U2. It's kind of like the Batman. Is it Batman, the Batman. or exactly. the Batman? The Kiss. Like, are there multiple? The are there multiple Batmans running around Gotham City? <laughs> or do we just have one? Do we have one Batman problem, or do I have to get an exterminator to take care of this? <laughs> All right. Number seven for me is a song called Driver's Seat by Sniff oh. in the Tears. tell you I, on WMMS out of Cleveland they would play this at night usually when you're driving and it was foggy out and they had this really long version that they played and I just love this song it, it again has a driving beat fantastic vocals the production on this is fantastic and you know you speak about production you know you know who Mike Chapman is right he's he's a guy who produced like Pat Benatar and uh, Blondie and so many other people and pretty much almost anything he produced has is that kind of sound right so it's just uh, but, but, you, but you know this song oh yeah I'm not a huge fan of it though oh my god what are we going to do when we go for a drive we're going to fight I don't know it's going to be a huge fight we're going to have a big fight over this, this song. <laughs> I do not I actually dislike this song you dislike this song I dislike driver's seat 
That's it. The show's over. No. <laughs> it just reminds me of Boogie Nights. Every time I hear it, I just think of Boogie Nights. Is it in that soundtrack? It is. Ah, see, I did not know that. It is. See, this song to me has the, the cool sting of a fall night as you're driving down the interstate in Ohio trying to get home from the bar. That's that's what this song really hits me as. So I always have that like memory, right? Just trying to keep it between the lines on the way home. Not talking about drunk driving, <laughs> but anyway. So your number six song is? My number six song is a song called James by the Bangles. Oh my God. Love this song. I'm a huge yeah. Bangles head, right? This is going to be so bad for me to say this, but they're one of the few bands that I would actually want to, well, we'll, we'll say date for sake oh. of this conversation. They just did three shows at the Whiskey in December, and I couldn't make it to any of them. Oh, I was sad. so disappointed because that's a smaller venue. Mm-hmm. And my friend Adam went and he posted a bunch of stuff about it online. And I was just every post. I'm like, jealous, jealous, jealous. I'm so jealous. I wanted to go so bad. <laughs> I love the Bangles. I'm a huge Bangles fan. And if well, any of them would, would dare come on any of my shows, I would treat them like queens and goddesses. Well, you've had, 
You have the Susanna Hoffs and Matthew Sweet covers albums, right? Oh, absolutely. They're great. Aren't those fantastic? They are. They're oh, great. Oh, I love those. And I love how it was broken up by, like, each decade, right? The 60s, Well, they do a ton of power pop on there. They absolutely do. So check out Matthew Sweet and Susanna Hoffs' albums there. They're very good. Actually, their version of Girls Talk is excellent. Mm-hmm. Very good. You know what I listen to constantly lately, though? What? The new Cheap Trick album. Bang Zoom Crazy Hello? I love it. Yeah, it's a good album. I No Direction Home is one of my favorite Cheap Trick songs now. Mm-hmm. I love that song. I know it's kind of rock, you know, Power Pop 101, Rock and Roll 101 songwriting. Right. But it's still, I like it. It's catchy. Would, would you consider that Power Pop, No Direction Home? Yeah, I would. See, it's like at what point does something stop being power pop and become rock and roll, right? Right. That's what I mean with that song. Mm-hmm. Is it a, is it a rock song or is it power pop? I can't figure out with that song. It's a little bit of both. Yeah. A little and plus, bit of what this? the fuck is Robin saying when he says, I want to be with you, no direction, home for me. I guess I want to be with you. Like, what is he saying? <laughs> All like, I want is. I want to be. He sounds like he's gonna die. Yeah. I know he always when he sings. I'm always worried he's gonna blow his voice out because he always looks like he's in pain. And he never and does. sounds like he's in pain. He, him, and Mickey Dolan's, like they've kept their power, right? Yes. It's amazing. It's amazing. By the way, I just looked up the lyrics to No Direction Home. Were you mm-hmm. recording when we were talking about that? Yep. Oh, that's embarrassing. Okay, so what Robin is saying is, this is what this person wrote. Up, down, all around, I want to go with you. Yeah. So. That's, that's it. So that's what up, he's doing. Down, oh, I want to be with I you. I never forgot yeah. what he's saying. Yeah. And I like to sing along to that song, but when that part comes on, I just go, blah, 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 because I don't know what he's saying. Like a Muppet. Yeah, I just do my animal. Yeah, don't blow your voice out, man. <laughs> no. So my number six song is from The Who. And God, everything I love about pop music is probably found in this song, right? Is it my favorite Who song? I hope it is. It's called So Sad About Us. I was going to play I Can't Explain, 
That's my favorite Who song. Okay, I was going to play the obvious, I can't explain. But I wanted to go with So Sad About Us because, well, you'll, you'll hear why. But uh, it, I, w- I was going to go with the obvious, I can't explain. Because, you know, it's got that trick ending where it just seemed like it goes on and over, on and on and on and on. And, like, you could, you could actually clip out that one part where it goes, I can't explain. And yeah. just keep playing it over and over again. Oh, God, you that can, guitar, I love it. Yeah. Like, that makes me happy. That's a power pop song to me. It's a song that makes me happy. It makes me want to dance. Absolutely. So here's a bit of, because I'm going to cheat, here's a bit of (laughs) I Can't Explain by The Who. Can't explain, I think it's love, trying to say to you, when I feel blue, can't explain. That's the good stuff, huh? So good. But I'm going never, to play. Never get sick of that song. And I like all the versions. Like, there's like 95 live versions of it. I mean, there's probably thousands, you know, in reality. But I'll listen to any of them. I love it. Very good. Well, here's so sad about us. My number six power pop selection from 1965, The Who. So sad. There's a very cool acoustic version of it here. I just found Pete Townsend. Oh yeah, yeah, very good. Pretty cool. Yeah, excellent, excellent songwriter. But to I'm me, putting they... that on my acoustic ex- excellence mix. Oh, there it goes right into the Spotify. So, that was my number six. What's your number five? The number five song. It's really hard for me to pick one squeeze song because I love them so much, but I picked. This song, because it's from your favorite Squeeze album, Sweets from a Stranger, it's called I Can't Hold On. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a great album, and this is a great track.
Wish they would play it live. They never do. Not any. I mean, they did back on the suites from a stranger tour, mm-hmm. but they don't really play it now. So in the squeeze group, everybody was, and Glenn takes a look at it because he's friendly with some of the squeeze fans. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I kept writing, I can't hold on. Please play. I can't hold on. <laughs> Please. Well, that that's a good choice. Now we made these lists independent of one another. I I do not know what you have on your list. You do not know what I have on mine. But nope. I think you're gonna like this next one. Okay. At number five, I'm Casey Casey. But at number five for Ken Mills's power pop mix, it's I Got You from 1980s album from Split Ends.
I love this song. There's nothing I don't like about this song. Oh, it's a perfect song. I love. Well, Neil Finn, that's my boyfriend. I love Neil Finn. I've seen Neil Finn in Crowded House in concert a good, we're getting close to 100 times since I was 17. As a matter of fact, I believe, you know, how they have like the gold package and the diamond pla- package and, you know, things, the yeah. platinum package. You have the stalkers package. <laughs> I love me some Ken, I, Ken, I love me some Ken Mills. Sorry, I'm looking at your name right now. That's okay. But I love me some Crowded House, some Split Ends, and some Neil and Tim Finn. And this was Neil's first breakout song for Split Ends. I think he was 19 years old when he sang this song. And the video is horrible because Tim Finn is a great songwriter <laughs> and a great singer. Very bad lip syncer. Terrible lip syncer. Well, it, it used to be there was a time when it, you'd filled out the job application for Rockstar that it didn't say, must lip sync. No, I know. But it's just funny to watch him lip sync in this video, especially mm-hmm. during the chorus. If you're into watching the video, if go check that out. If you're a YouTuber, if you're a YouTubing guy or a gal. Yeah. I love that you picked Split Ends, I Got You. That's a, such a great song. I didn't go with any Split Ends. I just love their, I love too many songs. It's too hard to pick, so I thought I'd go outside of my comfort zone you know, well, you know I'm, I'm impressed that you picked a split end song. well thank you I, I didn't do it in your honor your honor but i actually <laughs> did honestly this was one of my favorite songs that year and as a matter of fact when the album came out it had this weird uh hologram kind of thing and it had these laser etched things in the vinyl and yeah. as the record played and the light would hit it it would like Lights would dance above the album, and no, I wasn't smoking anything. It was on real, true colors. Yeah, on true um, colors that album. There's there's two other songs on there that I think are just timeless and amazing, and also Power Poppy. What's the matter with you? Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite Split End songs is a song called Missing Person. Yes, yes. Which is not and to that's be confused. On true colors also. Yeah, which is not to be confused with the band Missing Persons. No. But one but, of the things I love about this track is it's very cold at first like there's he's got the passionate chorus but then the verses are almost like i don't care like yeah and that was a thing that like brian eno and david bowie and the cars when they first came out when the first cars album came out they sound so detached and it separated them from everybody else because you you know you know you had guys like the guys in Foreigner, which I love Foreigner, nothing against them, but you know they're hot blooded, they're way up in the mix, you know they're <laughs> they're really there. But that's another thing about Power Pop is it's that kind of brooding. Uh, I don't want to say emo because that's not it, right? That's mm-hmm. not a cool word with us old people, but <laughs> no. But again, you're not the uh, the jock in school. You're the kid that didn't quite fit in. And that's that's kind of power pop, right? Yeah. So number four for you is? Well, now I'm thinking of switching. Mm. Thinking of switching my number four. All right. Because I, I feel like I want to introduce the world to a split end song that they might not know. All right. Well, go for it. It's very power poppy. It's called Holy Smoke. And what album is that off of? Frenzy. But it's only off of... Um, the original version of Frenzy, the reprint doesn't have Holy Smoke. Mm. So you got to look for it. And it's a song that was not really played live, but randomly at the Crowded House show on the Time on Earth tour at the Greek, Neil was sitting at the piano and he started randomly playing two split end songs that night. One was a Tim song and the other was Holy Smoke. And then he just in the middle went, oh, this is crap. 
because his voice cracked because the chorus <laughs> is pretty high. Yeah. And then we were like screaming, like the eight of us in the crowd that knew the song. We're like, no, finish God, it, please, finish it. Please sing it. And then after, you know, all us nerds, because I'm friends with people I've known for 20 years from waiting in line to see Neil Finn and going mm-hmm. to crowded house shows and we're all friendly. And when you go to those shows, like now when I go see Neil Finn, I know everybody in the first three rows. We all know each other because we've been going to these shows for so many years. So everybody gets together afterwards and we talk about the show. And it's really fun. This is before podcasting, America. Right. And um, so that's why we will in the future be doing a – we have to do a Crowded House Finn Spectacular and all of Finn's Appreciation Day because it is so necessary. And there, I know many people who would be very interested in listening to it. Holy smoke. God Almighty, and thieves. Well, I just woke up with strangest feeling There's someone here with me I feel my heart The fear of God written in my face It's a very fun song. I don't know where you can find it. I have it because I have the original Frenzy, which is the first time that I heard it. And I also had the Frenzy tape. It's on that, too. It might be on, like, a reissue of something. So check out Crowded House and Split Ends and Neil Finn and just great stuff all around, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. So number four, this was this was a tough one for me, okay? As we, as we get closer, and again, like I said, these are only the... The 10 from today. Tomorrow would be maybe a completely different 10. But yeah, this next band is one of my favorite bands of all time. And the song I'm going to pick narrowly beat out another one I wanted to play. The one I wanted to play originally was a song called Blood and Roses by the Smithereens. i 
this amazing bass opening and just so cool. But I'm going with the much more power pop track behind the wall of sleep. Oh, okay. So here we go. So from one of Ken Mills's favorite bands, the Smithereens, here's behind the wall of sleep. How's that for a big DJ kind of thing? That's cool. There you go. <laughs> mentioned Buddy Holly at the very beginning of this. And they these guys are definitely in the camp of the Beatles, the Who, and Buddy Holly. Like, you can trace a lot of their stuff back to those things, right? Just one of my favorite bands. I encourage everybody to check out the Smithereens. 
Yes, and Too Much Passion is my favorite Smithereen song. Oh, my God. I love that song. When I'm cleaning the house, Too Much Passion is on my... I have a mix I call Feel the Power of Power Pop. Mm-hmm. It comes on, got a boogie. Got a boogie to Too Much Passion. There you go. In fact, that'll be my number four. Number four is Too Much Passion by Too the Much Smithereens. Passion, Smithereens. So this is a, a, a big uh, uh, jump for the Smithereens here at the Pop Podcast. <laughs> Let's check out a little bit of Too Much Passion. down in the middle there where uh, it almost sounds like a uh, a soul song for just a tiny bit yeah with the with the violins going da, 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 da. so at number three you pick number three i'm gonna go with a song nobody's more power pop than marshall crenshaw mm. now my favorite marshall crenshaw song is a song called she hates to go home but <laughs> I, it's on a different album than the album I want to introduce to the listeners. So my, I'm going to go with a song called Callin' Out for Love at Cryin' Time by Marshall Crenshaw on the album Mary Jean and Nine Others. So if you have not listened to Marshall Crenshaw and you want an introductory course, obviously listen to the greatest hits. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But if you want to listen to just a wall-to-wall album of great Marshall Crenshaw songs, Mary Jean and Nine Others is wall-to-wall. It is a fantastic album. Well, let's check that out. She was kicking down the fence, trying to hide evidence that would give her
You know, I almost put Someday Someway in my top ten today. I love him. So he definitely – He has so many good songs. But Ken, Someday Someway, great song. But you know more about Marshall Crenshaw than a person who doesn't really listen to Marshall Crenshaw. So you got – like, what other great Marshall Crenshaw song can you think of besides Someday Someway? I celebrate the man's entire catalog, right? You know. <laughs> I, I, I'm a huge fan of his. I He has so many good songs. I can't, it's impossible to pick a favorite Marshall Crenshaw song because mm-hmm. they're all so catchy. And the guy writes a beautiful melody. But she Hates to Go Home is probably my favorite, but I'm going with this song because I want to introduce everybody to that album. It's Very got a good. great chorus. Very good. And I'm going to kind of wuss out on some of these. Uh, number three for me is Turning Japanese by the Vapors. <laughs> now, there's some people might say, well, that's more a new wave than it is power pop. But to me, it's got everything that every great power pop song has is in this song too, right? The new wave was more of a movement than a sound. Yeah. Um, because people, like my friend Tanya is a college professor and she's one of the smartest people I know. And... She was explaining that to me because in England, they called that type, that sound or that movement, New Romantic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We called it New Wave because it was the wave of New British Invasion. So it was that New British Invasion, so we called it the New Wave of that sound. But there, they called it the New Romantic. Right. Anyway. And it's weird because when it all comes down to it, it's all rock and roll, right? It's all rock and roll. Yeah, by the time it's all said and done, it either moves you or it doesn't. So this song, Turning Japanese, is one of those famous songs. I remember this video being on Don Kirshner's rock concert back in the day. And I thought it was one of the coolest things in the world. And I love the energy of it. The, the guitar playing is fantastic. It's very poppy and very hard at the same time. So here we are, Turning Japanese by The Vapors. <laughs> I'm turning Japanese, I think I'm turning 
said I, I probably wussed out because most people probably know this song right from enough greatest hits of the 80s or something like that but still it's it's one of my choices and if you don't like it <sighs> Courtney do you realize what this lyric is about in this song yes, turning Japanese I know what it's about why don't you tell people what it is so they don't think I'm the creep well it's 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 incredibly creepy but the song is about when guys are pleasuring themselves mm -hmm. they make a face that makes them look like their eyes could possibly be that they might be asian or turning japanese and they call it turning japanese and uh talks about having a picture of you you know it's uh the so song's about jerking off people <laughs> let's just say it the song is about punching the clown <laughs> punching the clown but it's, it's Turning Japanese, slightly racist. Let's not deny that part right, of it. Right, right, right. Bit racist there, vapors. Mm -hmm. But uh, pretty cool song. Yeah. I mean, it's catchy as hell, and it's very 80s, and it's definitely anytime there's an 80s mix of best hits of the 80s, it's on there. Mm -hmm. Did they have another song? I don't know anything about that band. No, I don't really either. Shaking Hands with the Governor. Right. What, Let's what not do this. This is a family show. <laughs> a Manson family show. Let's not do this. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Up to number two. What is your number two pick of your Power Pop top ten for today? My number two pick is mm -hmm. one of my favorite bands, Crowded House. It's mm -hmm. a song called Never Be the Same. Mm. It is the first song on side two of their second album, Temple of Low Men, where the songs I Feel Possessed and um, When You Come and Sister Madly, those were kind of the, the hits from that album. Mm -hmm. But this song was not a hit. Neil never plays it. I've heard him play it once at the Orpheum Theater when Crowded House uh, reunited. And he didn't, I don't even think he finished it because we had to help him remember the lyrics. But <laughs> this is a very catchy, fun, po power poppy house song. Well, let's check it out.
so my number two song, gosh, Mike Chapman production again, um, on a band that did so many great songs and covered one of the great power pop classics is Blondie with their song Dreaming. And I mentioned that they did a cover of one of the great power pop songs of all time from 1976, The Nerves Hanging on the Telephone. Like You, you, you know that song, right? Yes. So here is Dreaming, and to me, God, the, the drumming is just excellent. Everything about this song is excellent. This song is always like, almost always in a Ken's Going for a Drive play mix, right? Yeah, this is a great tune. And off Eat to the Beat, one of the, one of the coolest albums of its time, Blondie with Dreaming. Listen to those drums. asked you to pick a number one and you 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 couldn't make this decision so we're going to give you an extra number two what's your extra number two i'm going to go with speaking of marty ross let's bring marty ross back into the conversation Mm -hmm. i got to see marty he opened for the for john Mm Waite last summer um and my friends kelly's lot my friends uh, kelly and perry also played as well there were two opening bands Mm -hmm. and uh and they're friends and i didn't know marty was on the bill until i got there and was like oh my god Marty Ross is here. How cool is this? Mm-hmm. He was fantastic. And he did, but he does a song that the New Monkees did and his band, The Wigs, also did called Affection. And it is just a perfectly written song. It is it is power pop perfection, I think, this song. 
And the guy who wrote it is a guy named Ken Brown, and his band has a version of it that, that is pretty rocking. Marty does a beautiful version of this. It's on YouTube. It's an acoustic version from the New Monkees. It's brilliant, and it's so well done. When he sings the song live, he sings it with so much passion. It is pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But I, I would like to have everyone check out the Ken Brown version because he wrote the song, and this mix of the song I think is pretty darn good. So let's check it out. Ken Brown with Affection. Yeah. 
How great is that song? It's excellent. It's like you can't, if you don't like that song, you're dead inside. And as much as I love the New Monkeys version, actually that, that whole album, the New Monkeys album, if Rick Springfield would have recorded that whole album, it would have been top ten, the whole album. The like, songs are good. I think the production is bad. I think it is way too synthesizer pop. And yeah, but that those was, guys that were was the time, really, right? But they were, I know, but they were such good musicians mm-hmm. that they didn't need all that shit. Right. I mean, Larry's voice is perfect. Mm-hmm. He is like pitch perfect tone. I mean, that guy had a great, that guy has a great voice. The band was good. And mm-hmm. this argument could go on for a year. Right. About how great these guys were, how what great musicians they are. And those videos that they put up on YouTube of them just sitting around and playing are fantastic. Yep, love them. Oh, excellent. And those stripped down versions of those songs sound, I mean, I think they should do, they should reunite and do some shows because there are people that really love them. And I think they would get a lot of new fans because of how great the songs are and how talented they are. Agreed. So I think they should. Marty, Jared, Dino, all of you guys. Please get back together. Do us do some shows. Be so good. Mm-hmm. Agreed. We won't be happy until we here at Pop have made a new monkeys reunion happen. Yes, with the great and powerful Ross. Marty Ross <laughs> he, is the boss. When it comes to power pop, he is the great and powerful Ross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love it, Courtney. Yes. Your your number one pick for today is My number one pick is back of a car, big star. Mm, there you go. God, I love that song. Great stuff. And the Susanna Hoffs and Matthew Sweet version, mm-hmm. holy cow, is that good. So In good. fact, you, you should play that. You want me to play Susanna Hoffs and Matthew Sweet's version instead no, of... No, just for fun. I mean, right. even though this is a classic, oh, is it disrespectful to Alex Chilton? <laughs> I don't know what to do. We'll play a little bit of both so, so you can hear a little bit of, of both versions. This is, I love this song. All right.
it's a beautiful song no matter who sings it. Love it. Great stuff. You can't Jen get Gen Blossoms do a great version of it too. It's, yes, they do. It, it's just that perfect song. It's when people say, oh, because when they come over, they see my guitar and they say, oh, can you play anything? And honestly, the only two songs I know by heart are One Step Ahead by Split Ends mm-hmm. and Back of a Car. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's all I know. That's all you need, right? Yeah. All righty. So, my number one pick. I don't think it's probably going to be any surprise to anybody. And there's some people that will say they're, they might not even be power pop. I don't care. I to know me, what it is. huh? I know what it is. Okay, I, I don't think that it is, but uh, we'll see. Uh, okay. This is my favorite band of all time, and it's from 1965, oh. and it's a song by George Harrison, and it's called "If I Needed Someone." guitar it's you can actually if you are open to it you can find heaven like you literally will be in heaven for a few seconds if you can get yourself there it is one of the greatest songs i've ever heard in my entire life and to me this sums up that everything it, sure it's it's it doesn't have a driving beat right but it's got everything that's in every power pop song Great. Wow, I thought you were going to go with Cheap Trick. I really did. Yeah, I well, was ready for Cheap Trick, but very nice. Well, very nice. We're going to talk about why I didn't pick that, but we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. I know. I didn't have any either, but I snuck in, snuck it in. Right. <laughs> the conversation. So here's the thing. 
if we were to actually make a straight up what are the top 10 power pop songs in the world it would be completely different but this is what we would listen to today right yeah but we also have some things that we're going to call honorable mention yeah and there's some absolute classic wonderful power pop songs out there i cannot think about power pop without thinking about the following songs baby blue by badfinger no matter what i mean my god does it get any better than that that's such a great song, yeah. And I love Baby Blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, Go All the Way by the Raspberries. Great song. I Want to Be With You. And possibly the biggest uh, power pop band of all time, which led to a lot of acts getting signed, and then the record company would go around signing everybody to a two-record deal. And the the first album went underperform they didn't know what to do with one, the second one but the, the the band i'm talking about is the knack with my sharona that yeah. is probably the biggest power pop album of all time in a sense yeah that's a great tune and it, it led to a ton of imitators or people that were going to try to cash in on what they were doing right Exactly. And for my honorable mention, I wanted to mention the Romantics. Mm-hmm. Um, they have so many good songs. My favorite Romantic songs are probably Open Up Your Door and a song that I threw my back out to called When I Look In Your Eyes. Mm-hmm. That is a great song. And then there's bands like Jellyfish. I mean, my God, how can you not talk about the Jellyfish? And, oh, I love the Jellyfish. New Mistake. Yeah. New Mistake is a great song. Perfect song. Mm-hmm. Can't deny that song. Yeah. Love and me some jellyfish. That's too bad they were only together for like five seconds. Yeah. But they made such an impact they did. on music. Absolutely. So you've got things like Nick Lowe's Cruel to Be Kind. Come on. How can you not love that? The Left Banks, She May Call You Up Tonight. Found Out About You by the Jim Blossoms. A Million Miles Away by the Plimpsouls. The Cars, their first album, Just What I Needed. And then there's, like like you said, Cheap Trick, right? So, Cheap Trick, Cheap Trick, Candy, Oh Candy, uh, I Love, No Direction Home, Oh My God. So much good stuff out there. Yeah, Taking so, Me Back. I have that on uh, my Power Pop mix. Good one. You know what we should do, Courtney, is we should make a Power Pop mix, but call it something. Like, uh, I'll tell you what. Power, power Pop. Yeah, well, what what we'll do is we'll call Poppin'. We'll name it Poppin'. How about that? Okay. And you, you can set it up, and I'll send you my list, and you get your list, and we'll make it. Okay. Sound good? So you can actually listen to this whole thing on Spotify. We'll put it in the show notes. So this is going to be fun. We're getting interactive. Isn't this lots of fun? Yes. And, and another honorable mention by just when we were talking about bands that aren't considered power pop but have a power pop sounding song, mm-hmm. like the Babies, who I love, but to me they're hard rock. Mm-hmm. They have a song called Gonna Be Somebody. It is so power poppy. Mm-hmm. You would like that song, Ken Mills. Well, absolutely. Well, we want to have Marty Ross on the show and talk about this in a, in a yes. month or two. Yes. And Marty will know like a bunch of bands we don't yeah. and stuff we don't know, and that'll be fun. And, of course, we want to once again give a shout-out to... Rick's Records. Rick's Records Podcast. Thank you, Rick's Records. Thank you. And i also like to give a shout-out to my good friend BJ Cramp, who has his Rock and or Roll podcast. And he does entire episodes on Power Pop. 
So cool. Oh, I got to listen to that. Oh, okay. He's such a wonderfully obsessed music nerd, and I love him for it. And uh, so let us know what your favorite. Because <laughs> we're not music nerds at uh, all. Well, yeah. <laughs> I was listening. I'm looking at my notes, and I'm like, if anyone found this, they'd be like, do you have a life? <laughs> they would probably uh, think you were a serial killer. This is your <laughs> music to kill people by. It is. Th- these songs are great to murder someone by. <laughs> no, we can't say that. I'm going to say that these. <laughs> I'm going to say that this is the perfect mix to look at people with contempt at the shopping <laughs> mall. You can just like you're not as cool as me. And even if you have fat legs, you can say, "I'm in a band. I'm holding a cool guitar, and I have very thin legs." So. <laughs> I only have black pants. There you That's go. That's it. Yep. A little eyeliner. We're in business. <laughs> so let us know what your favorite power pop songs are. And and again, it is more a sound than it is a genre. Yes. Yep. So here we are at the end of the show. It's time for... What's poppin'? What's poppin'? What's poppin', everybody? Hey, how's it going? Hey, guys. What's poppin'? <laughs> so what's popping for you this week, Courtney? Well... There's nothing bigger in pop culture for women in their early 40s than the Lost Boys mm. or anything starring Corey Feldman. Corey <laughs> there you go. Right? Mm-hmm. So tomorrow night, myself, my sister, two of our very dear friends, uh, three of our very, I'm sorry, four now, four of our very dear friends, are going to see Mr. Corey Feldman perform live at St. Rock, which is the music club here where last time I was there, I went to see the babies a few weeks ago and now I'm going to see Corey Feldman and the Angels now I am not a huge fan of this type of music I don't really understand what kind of music it is but I support Corey and if you've read his book it's pretty interesting and I have a lot of respect for this guy Mm -hmm. Um, I think he's been through quite a bit and he's come out a pretty decent fellow and I support him and I'm a fan of his and I'm going to watch the show for that reason and we're doing the meet and greet, Ooh. so we're going to meet him and get our photo. So I'll I'll put that on the pop on the pop page. Excellent. Next week. Excellent. We look forward to that. Try and I to... still have to do the Alice Cooper thing with my dad. I keep forgetting yeah. to ask him. We'll try and get a bumper with Corey, just saying, "Hey, this is Corey Feldman." <gasps> Ooh, I do will it. do it. And, and I tell will. take take a little thing to hand it to him, saying, "This is who we are, and we want you on our show." Okay. All right. He's a talented guy. And he's a and he's a class act, honestly. People mm. want to make fun of him, and he's pretty intelligent. He's been through a lot. He's come out on top, and he's uh, I just I respect the guy. Very good. I'm a, fan. I'm a big fan. Very good. Well, what's popping for me, and uh, is a TV show. Mm-hmm. I have been hearing every week about how good this show is and how much I need to check it out. Right. <gasps> and. It? After it airs almost every night, I see people go, oh, my God, I'm crying. And I'm like, why would I want to watch that, right? Yeah. But I'm telling you, one of the best written shows on television right now is called This Is Us. Yes. It is on Hulu, and you can see all, at the point of this recording, 17, 18 episodes, right? Yeah. And I am three in... And I am hooked so bad. Yeah, people really love it. When people say that there is no good television or that television isn't that good anymore, 
they're missing out on something like this. And, yeah. you know, you know that I love The Walking Dead, right? You love you some Walking Dead. But here's the thing. That show can't decide whether it's trying to be like a... Like, there's a certain tier of television shows where you've got your Better Call Sauls and your Breaking Bads and things along that line. Things that are so well-written that uh, it just makes it it's sad for other TV shows, right? And the, yeah. the Walking Dead can't decide whether it's going to be just a goofy action show. Because every once in a while they pull the big toys out, the, you know, the big boy toys out, and they try to do something to be in that same elite kind of thing. Yeah. The writing on the show This Is Us is absolutely amazing. And I don't want to say too much about it because big time spoilers. Okay. You learn something about these characters all the time. And it's the kind of thing that I literally sat up and said, oh my God. And that's all I'm going to say about it. So if you are so inclined, I cannot recommend highly enough. Ken's highest recommendation is for This Is Us, and it's on Hulu, so you can catch it all. Okay. I never thought I'd say that. If it means taking away my man card, consider it rent asunder. I don't care. This is quality television. Great acting, great cast, everything. Very cool. And, you know, you normally don't see a big person represented on television. By that, a person of size or someone that's overweight, let's just call it what it is. And this is one of the few times that I've seen a character on TV that was overweight that wasn't the butt of the joke all the time. Yeah. This is a real character, a real person. That's good. Finally. For God's sake already. And I don't care who you are. I would be surprised if you didn't like this show. If you don't like it, let us know. Let us know. Let us know what's popping in your world. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of Pop. We will see you on the next episode of Pop. Bye. Bye-bye. 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 And that's our show. Pop is an online, non-profit pop culture audio fanzine made for fans by fans. Any samples of music, TV, or movies heard here remain the property of their owners. Pop, a pop culture podcast, is not affiliated with any products we review or discuss. Opinions heard here belong to the people who express them and may not reflect the views of the pop staff. If you like something that you heard, buy it at your local record, video, or bookstores, or wherever pop is found. If you enjoy the show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thanks for listening, and until next time, I'm your announcer, Christine Wolf, saying whatever you do, make sure it pops. By the way, I had a top 11, I just realized. Yeah, I, I think you screwed me over on a few of those. I did. <laughs> I tricked you. I tricked you. See how you are. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. My gosh. My golly. Thank God for editing with Ken. Ken's going to edit this part of. This is like bad music, and I had my shit together, but I must have clicked on a clap <laughs> and closed the window too early. What a dickhead. Say goodnight, dick. <laughs>